0: This is the best rib sub I have ever had. A woman yells to no one in particular at Devil's Hole Pizza and Ribs. We've even had barbecue in Louisiana and it's not as good as this, she utters into the void. Her husband looks down, half heartedly poking at the few remaining baked beans scattered below. His stomach is not so full that he can't swallow the first response that comes to mind. Sweetheart, We've never been to Louisiana, we've never even been outside of Niagara County in all of our 55 years together. This he does not say. It's just too much trouble, so he says nothing. He just thinks about how it's getting worse. She is being lost to time. And he feels there is little he can do but watch the decline. But even though she is not the same woman he once knew, He has learned after all these years that he will love her no matter what. Love was out of his control. So he carries on, poking at the beans on his plate, which overlaps with her plate, since the table that they're sitting on is much too small for two people. But it's the only table at this establishment, usually used by people waiting for their takeout orders. The presence of other people sitting here eating Takes Zach L. kiba by surprise when he enters. This doesn't seem like the kind of place for dining in. He stutter steps as he walks past their table, thinks of saying something, but he doesn't. Too awkward. So he breezes up to the counter and addresses the hole in the wall, underneath a sign that says, Place order here. Hey buddy, you back there? Remember me? I was here yesterday. I'm only in town one more night. food was amazing. (laughs) Loved it. Gotta get me some more before I head out of town. (laughs) A large shadowy figure in the back of the kitchen says nothing. So Zack just places his takeout order. Half rack of ribs, coleslaw, baked beans, slice of buffalo chicken pizza, a loganberry, and two dipping sauces, spicy barbecue, and creamy horseradish. As he waits, The old man stares at him, transfixed. His attention is not at all seized by jealousy, he tells himself, just curiosity. He wonders what his story is, this young, beautiful man with pointy boots and a backwards newsboy cap. He decides he must be gay, from a big city, or both. If he's rich, he does resent him a little. And if he's not rich, the guy must be up to no good. But no, not jealous at all. Zack's order is ready. A grocery-sized paper bag dangles from a meaty hand sticking out of the hole in the wall. Zack grabs the bag, puts a wad of cash in the hand, keep the change. He sets the bag of styrofoam containers in the passenger seat of his Mazda Miata and heads to his motel. Devil's Hole remains behind, a quiet diorama behind glass with an old couple sitting there underneath fluorescent lights at a much too small table. The woman is talking, but her husband is too deep in thought. Nothing is registering in his brain. He just nods and gets smaller in the distance as it all slowly disappears into a different plot. Hospital Corners That's the secret to a well-made bed. And the maid working on room thirty-three cranks them out like a machine. Position a flat sheet. A flat sheet is a sheet. Bottom sheet cake, corners tucked, crisp under mattress, not a wrinkle. Top corner folded, forty-five degrees, hanging, tucked, clean, smooth the edge. Motel. The maid looks just as tidy and crisp as the beds she makes. She's like a maid from a different era, fully starched uniform of black dress, white buttons, and lace apron at the waist. But before she is done cleaning room 33, its guest has arrived It's Zach, rolling his sports car into the spot in front of the room marked with a 33 in yellow paint A pampered, sparkling motorcycle is the only other vehicle in the parking lot He sees that the door to his room is open Then he sees the maid emerge while tying off a bag of garbage Confused, he calls to her Hey, this is my room. I'm still here another night. Yes, I'm sorry, she replies. We just figured you might like some nice, fresh bedding and a tidying up. I'll only be another minute. Kind of strange to be cleaning a room when the guest hasn't requested it, right? Especially at 8 p.m., he asks. She just smiles and goes right back to cleaning the room. He watches her work, struck by her elegance and long, sharp form. Hmm. I guess I can wait. He sets his bag of food on the hood and gets a head start on dinner by popping open one of his to-go boxes and taking a few bites of pizza. He peers into the room through the open door as he chews, hardly taking an eye off the contours of the maid as she maneuvers around the bed. She gathers her supply onto a small cart and then takes one last step back to inspect, or perhaps admire, her work. A perfectly made bed Not a crumb on the floor or out of place. And this is how she always sets a room. Left without a history of guests. All yours, she says, as she pushes the cart past him. Enjoy Enjoy your stay stay at the the cascade. Cascade. He gloms a few more leers at the restrained way her tight dress shapes her exit. A pervert's grin flashes across his face, and then he heads into the room. He is immediately struck by how immaculately clean it is and bright, freakishly bright white. White blanket, white sheets, white pillows, white table and chairs and walls. He notices one new feature as well. The drab orange curtains have been replaced with delicate bands of white lace. His deep red barbecue ribs scream as they enter this virginal chamber. He wastes no time in rearranging the maid's work by setting up an emergency dinner area pulls up a table next to the bed, sets the phone and the lamp from the table onto the floor next to him, pulls a second chair over on which to rest excessive styrofoam containers. The ribs look garish and crystalline. He eats them like an animal. An animal without napkins, it occurs to him. The shadow at Devil's Hole forgot to give him napkins. Jesus, he whispers to himself. Barbecue ribs and no fucking napkins. He looks around, then heads to the bathroom to grab two clean white lace trim washcloths. He sets the beans and the coleslaw on the chair, the ribs Loganberry half slice of pizza and sauces on the side table, and he sits facing it all from the edge of the bed. A drip of spicy barbecue dip drops onto the side of the white bed. Loganberry seeps from the improperly closed lid onto the white rug. The red drenched washcloths rub a tint against the white walls they're sitting against. After he finishes as much as he can, he stuffs the empty containers into a garbage can that seems smaller than the garbage he's trying to fit into it. The aftermath of his meal has left a devastating smell in the air. He is too much a part of it to notice it, but he does notice the TV. He normally doesn't watch TV, But whenever he's in a motel, he's compelled to at least turn it on, flip through it a bit, and then usually turn it right back off. He finds the remote Velcroed to the top of the TV. He turns it on, but there's just a thin white line across the black screen. No sound. He flips through, all the same. He gives up without much of a fight, just leaving the TV hanging there with the white line on its screen. He can hear the TV from the room next door though, and it makes him envious. The walls of this motel are paper thin. So without any straining, he can tell that the guest in room 34 is watching some sensational show about animal attacks. A chimp mauls his owners at a birthday party. the chimpanzee was capable of doing that to a human. He got all my fingers on each hand, gouged out my left eye and bit my rear end so deep that it damaged my sciatic nerve. That's why I can't walk. He also got my wife's thumb tucked bad. I was kicking at it for while. He wants to watch TV like the guy in, in room 34. Running. Worst birthday ever. But instead, he just digests and stares ahead at the bright white wall. His ears pick up the clacking sound of high heels in the distance. They are coming closer. Louder they seem to slow down right outside of his door then stop whoever it is she's right on the other side of his door he sits up alert but then the footsteps start up again and stop just a few feet away and there's a knock on the door next to him room 34. the door opens zach puts his ear to the wall and he can hear voices in the next room crystal clear, as if it were his own. Hi, can I help you? The guest in room 34 answers the door in his t-shirt and sweatpants. He's in his mid-fifties, rugged and sleepy, and completely surprised to open the door to find a beautiful lady on the other side of it. She's dressed for a night out, yet carrying a large box. Makeup, pumps, and a big stupid cardboard box that she needs both arms outstretched to carry. Hey, how's your night going? Is that your motorcycle? She asks. Yes, it is. Do I know you? Yes, of course I do. I do. Nah, we've never met. I'm just from around the area, she says. I stop by the motel sometimes to sell some merchandise and just get to know folks. And I saw your handsome motorcycle and thought, gee, I'd really like to see who this fella is. She tells him her name is Nicole. Tonight she is selling decorative hourglasses. Cheap looking things made of bright colored plastic, filled with white sand that falls on a tiny replica of Niagara Falls. Part hourglass, part snow globe, all tchotchke. You're going door to door at night selling hourglasses? Well, the wagon wheel, you know, the bar, it's right nearby and I move a lot of product there. So I always figure to stop here afterwards to see if any out of towners might want a souvenir. Their conversation is brief. She never even sits. But they cover a lot of ground in the short period of time. The guest in room 34 has clearly been yearning for human contact. He instantly opened up about his recent divorce, his early retirement due to a spinal injury, how he can't ride his motorcycle for too long because of his back, but he still likes to ride it when he can. He lives a little over an hour away in Rochester. He just wanted to get away, see the falls, and try his luck at the casino. He's been feeling lonely lately, he tells her that just good to get out. Even as he spilled all this to her, in the back of his mind he was puzzled by this random woman standing in his tiny motel room. Do you like them? She inquires. Sure, but it's very odd. No doubt about it. Very odd. Is there anything else I can offer you tonight? He pauses. Too many things go through his head. He takes a good look at her ...trying to decode her intentions, and he suddenly senses something strange about her, makes his skin crawl. There's a dead look in her eyes, completely disconnected from the sparkle of her smile. No, uh, I'm fine. Uh, I'll take one. An hourglass. Just an hourglass. How much? Oh, okay. An hourglass, then. Here, then how about this one? It's so you. Just eight dollars. He quickly pushes a ten-dollar bill towards her and goes quiet. Are you sure there's nothing else I can interest you in tonight, sweetie? He says no, and she packs her box to leave. But before she does, she turns to him. Well, enjoy your stay. Oh, and these hourglasses, by the way? The sands only fall in one direction. You'll see. Back in room 33... Zack hears every word of this, standing with his face to the wall. After he heard her leave room 34, he excitedly hoped his door was next. He is curious about those additional services. Zack Elkiba is a party boy, and his appetite for adventure is even higher than his appetite for a good rack of ribs. He waits, but she walks right by his door. He hears her heels walking through the parking lot. He pulls the lace curtain aside and sees her sashaying away. Without hesitation, he pops open his door, looks to his left, and then hurries after her. Hey, excuse me, excuse me. She stops, but doesn't turn around. You're the hourglass lady, aren't you? Uh, I'll take one. I'll take whatever you're offering. Sorry, buddy, but I just sold the last one, she says, and then flings the empty box onto a pile of abandoned mattresses. But I have more back at my place if you'd like to follow me there. Hell yeah. She leads him out of the parking lot and across the street. They traverse a field and walk across the baseball diamond at Hyde Park. Through the brush they go at the edge of the outfield, where she disappears into a dense stand of shrubs and briars. Looking ahead for her, he can't see her, but he can hear her giggle, and he can sense that she's close. The thicket didn't look very dense to him at first, but now that he's entered it, it feels like a jungle. Absolute darkness surrounds him. He hears nothing but the rustling of branches and the sound of her breath. She feels near. He reaches out and cannot feel her. She beckons. This way, the voice, modulating, breaking. Her, but not her. But he can't stop following. The air he gulps is getting thicker and moist. The blackness turns to swirls of purple and dark blue, unfolding in around him as the ornate plumage. There is a sense of euphoria with every inhalation. She laughs. He sees her face. Her body is formless. He moves forward, but not on his own. He slides along more down than across. Strange, but he feels a smile on his face. Hot blood on his lips. Blinding flashes of a chimpanzee hacking at him. His big white teeth glinting in shards of moonlight. Zack sees himself being ripped apart, but only feels pleasure. The branches are decorated with his limbs. He caresses the chimp's face, the struggle, mouth to mouth, and limb to limb to limb. Suddenly, all sounds deafening. The chimp shrieks. Nicole belches a deep baleful laugh and grows, and spreads two legs made of trees, from which a corpse, mummified in lace, emerges. Come oh, with forever, party boy. His spirit descends into a pit in the earth. His severed head licks his lips. His eyes have never seen so clearly. He felt so good he couldn't feel a thing. I can't wait for you to take my place, he hears sung, echoing as if from a distant bathtub or light bulb. His body is in shreds. His mind is a mere sliver until it was completely swallowed by something beyond death worlds away a baseball diamond sits sparingly used bored as dirt back at the motel the guest in room 34 goes out for a smoke he notices a maid making up the bed although the Mazda is still parked in the spot for room 33 the room is so clean it almost glows But it's after 10 p.m. Why is she making up a room at this hour? None of my business, he tells himself. He takes a couple more deep sucks on his cigarette and looks as far as he can into the distance. He goes back into his room and shuts the door. The sand has emptied to the bottom of the hourglass, so he flips it over. But somehow, the sand no longer flows. He stretches and feels no pain in his back. You know something he thinks to himself? I think I'll go for a nice long ride.